Fighters Advocate. And tonight I want to talk about the special Kell Brook and Terrence Crawford fight. I want to dive into that because I have people giving uh, Terrence Crawford a lot of flack for taking this fight as if, you know, Kell Brook is some walk in the park or some guy who can't fight. Let, we have to give this guy credit. We have to give Kell Brook the respect and the credit due. First of all, Kell Brook, you got to understand, Kell Brook only has two losses. We got to look at the losses that he had. First of all, he fought Gennady Golovkin. Gennady Golovkin, Triple G. Triple G is the undisputed or was the undisputed middleweight champion at 160. So Kell Brook took the risk and moved up in weight to fight Triple G when nobody would. And Kell Brook, for all those who are listening who don't know, because I do have a lot of listeners that don't really know that much about boxing, so I want to break it down to you. Kell Brook is 147 pounds. He's a welterweight. He took the risk and moved up in weight to fight Triple G. In that fight, he gave Triple G all he can handle. The difference in that fight was the power. Yes, it was the power. He boxed, he moved, he did everything he could. But in that fight, he had his orbital bone, orbital bone broken, which is his eye socket. And it was, I think, fractured. So naturally, you can imagine the pain that he felt in that fight, but he still fought until the ref stopped the fight. Then seven months later, he took another fight in the same year against the unified champ, and Errol Spence, who wasn't the unified champ at that time. Errol Spence defended his title against Kell Brook. Now, you gotta understand, Kell Brook being 147 pounds naturally, going up in weight, and then in the next seven months, he takes a fight and he has to lose that weight, coming down to back to 147 pounds. He was a shell of himself. He fought a big puncher in Triple G. He had his eye socket broken. Then he fights a big puncher in Errol Spence. Errol Spence did everything he was supposed to do against a guy in Kell Brook's situation. Kell Brook came to fight. Actually, if you look at that fight well, you'll see that Kell Brook actually hurt Errol Spence in that fight. No other, no other fighter had hurt Earl Spence to that moment and to that point. So you got to give credit to uh, Kell Brook in that fight because he, he came to fight. So I don't understand why everybody always talking down on the guy as if he's not a formidable opponent because he is. He is a tough guy. Now, if you want to look and compare resumes. Kell Brook technically has a better resume than Terrence Crawford. I mean, yeah, Terrence Crawford to date has Amir Khan and Gamboa. He has Gamboa at 140 pounds, I think, or 135 pounds. And then he has Amir Khan at 147 pounds. He has a shell of Amir Khan, 
Amir Khan is not who he was. Now, I'm not taking any credit from Amir Khan because Amir Khan, or I'm not taking credit from uh, Terrence Crawford because Amir Khan presented himself. He took the fight. He said he was ready. So naturally, okay, the guy said he's ready. You got to take the fight. You got to do what you got to do. He beat him up. Terrence Crawford beat the crap out of him. And that's what he was supposed to do. The thing is, when you look at Kell Brook and you look at the fights he's had and the fights he's been in, he's been in a few wars. And in that Spence fight, he had his other eye socket broken. So I don't know if if uh, T-Bud is the same kind of puncher as Errol Spence as far as power is concerned. But I will say this. If you look stylistically, this fight is tailor-made for one another. Kell Brook has great defense. He does. And he's a boxing fundamentalist. But the difference in this fight is Terrence Crawford is a special, special fighter. He does everything well. But what Terrence Crawford lacks, he makes up in other ways. For example, I've never seen Terrence Crawford move his head. But what he does have is offense. He used, His offense is his defense. He can fight going backwards. He can fight going forward. Kell Brook can do the same. Terrence Crawford will have the arm length advantage. I don't know if... Uh, Brooke has the punching power to keep uh, Terrence Crawford off of him. But I do know, I do know that Terrence Crawford gets hit a lot. And because of that, that will give Brooke a chance to stay in the fight. Brooke will be able to stay in the fight long enough to look good. And I think he will win some rounds. Brooke will outbox, maneuver, and give Terrence Crawford some problems before Terrence Crawford finally figures him out. In that fight, I believe that Terrence Crawford will probably give up some rounds. He will. Um, and it won't be of his choosing. It will be spent, it will be Brooke taking rounds because he can fight and because he will come with his A game. But I think Terrence Crawford will is going to be overpowering. His will is going to be what is the difference in this fight because he has a dog in him. When you hit Terrence Crawford, he wants to hit you back three times harder. When you hurt him, he wants to hurt you back more. So I think the killer instinct is what Kell Brook lacks. He has everything else. Fundamentally, he's sound. But he don't have the killer instinct that T-Bud that has. And that's going to be the ultimate difference. So my prediction in this fight is that it goes... I think Kell Brook wins about four to five rounds. And then T-Bud starts to figure him out. He'll work him down to the body. And by the 10th round, he will either get a technical knockout or knock him out. He will knock Kell Brook out by the 10th round. That's my prediction. Now, I'm gonna throw a, a monkey wrench in the program. 
And this is something that I always talked about. This is 2020. And anything is possible in 2020. Anything is possible in 2020. And it's been happening. It's been proven. 2020 has been a year of some crazy things. So let's just say, let's just say, hypothetically, hypothetically, Brooke pulls it off and he beats Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is number one pound for pound on everyone's list. Not mine, but on everyone's list. And I'm not saying this to be facetious. I'm saying he's not number one on my list because Canelo is number one. But Terrence Crawford is a 1A or 1B, however you want to look at it. But he's definitely a close number one. If Kell Brook can beat Terrence Crawford, is he or should he be considered a pound for pound number one? This is the argument I have. Because in boxing, they always say, the saying goes, to be the man, you have to beat the man. I'm going to say it again. In boxing, they say, to be the man, you have to beat the man. So, if Kell Brook can beat Spent, um, Crawford, is he the man? You know, logical say no. A lot of people say no. But I always ask this question because how does it work? Because, you know, we know the pound for pound list is mythical, right? It's made up of different fashions, factors, people factor different things in. Some people say style. Some people say is ability. Some people say it's power, um, accolades, achievements. It's different things that make up this mythical list. Um, so if that's the case, and we have all these people that we like to put on our mythical list, our pound for pound list, why isn't it feasible to suggest that if the guy who beats the guy, why shouldn't he become the guy? If you beat the champion, you become the champion. So why can't you take the pound for pound title? It doesn't happen in boxing. And I think that's why boxing is so fickle. Now, I'm not suggesting that it should, but I'm just thinking and I'm just talking. I'm just throwing things out. I want you guys to start thinking with me. Think about it. Tiafima Lopez defeated Lomachenko. Lomachenko was the number one pound for pound on a lot of people's list. Again, he never made mine, and I'll explain that. I'll explain to you why later. But when he beat Lomachenko and he won his titles, he became the franchise champion, which is some controversy behind that. He became the undisputed 135 pound champion. With that accolade, no one wanted to give him the pound for pound accolade. They put him as number five under NOA on different lists. Why wasn't it automatic that he beat the champion, he got the title, he should get the title of pound for pound? No, it didn't happen. I just don't understand why. Okay, so with my theory, the way I feel about the pound for pound list, is here's how I believe the pound for pound list should go. Anybody that has less than 30 fights or 35 fights should not be considered for a pound for pound list. The pound for pound list should be reserved for 
champions with 30 fights, multiple titles, and different weight classes. Let me say that again. The pound for poundness, in my estimation, should be for a guy or a female who has 30 fights, not so much a female, but a guy who has 30 fights or more, several titles in different weight classes. And the reason why I say this is this. In a fighter's career, starting off, most of their fights are gonna be fluff fights. They're gonna have some beginner fights, they're gonna have some fluff fights, some career building fights. And in those fights, they're gonna have guys with records of 12 and 22, with 13 draws. It's gonna be a lot of fluff fights. So you have to parse that resume and start deducting some of those fights and start measuring the fights that have the credibility, the fights that matter. And then you can start adding that to the fighter's resume and say, okay, this fighter beat this guy and this guy was worth this. So now he's worthy of the pound for poundless. But before that, a guy with 15 fights or 12 fights or 10 fights, you really don't know what they're made of. I don't care how many titles they won moving up because a lot of guys are title holders but not champions. Let me say that again. A lot of guys are title holders but not champion. When I say that, that means, and I'm not disrespecting anybody, but it's different from for fighting for a title that's vacated versus defending a title or fighting for a title and taking it from somebody. It's different, and you'll have to be in the ring to understand that. But fighters are understand that. And if you are a champion and you're defending the title, or if you're a challenger and you take a title, it's different from fighting for a vacated title. You become a champion, but it's just not the same. Okay, so a lot of guys go through guys who fought for vacated titles and then they beat them. And then we put them on a pound for pound list because they strategically moved through the ranks and picked guys who were not solidified champions who had several title defenses. And I'll say this again because it's important. A title defense is harder than getting a title. So you're fighting a guy who's extremely hungry coming after your title and you're defending and beating them if you secure your title. So if you move up and you beat a guy who's defending their title and you can do that, like Terrence Crawford, like Canelo Alvarez, who I have as my number one pound for pound guy. He has over 40 fights. Um, Terrence Crawford has over 30 fights. So they are rightfully so. They should be on a pound for pound list. But I never had Lomachenko, no matter how special everybody thought he was, I never had him on a pound for pound list. I never have Teofimo, no matter how much respect I have for him, I never had Teofimo Lopez on a pound for pound list. Not yet. In a way, he's a different division weight class. He's different titles. Not yet. It's important for us to start seeing more before we start singing the praise of fighters. Because if you do that, what happens is we put them on a pound for pound list. 
And then the guy that comes and beat them, we don't want to transfer that over. But we do give them the title when they win. Why isn't that the same? So I think if, and my argument, and this is my logic, Kell Brooks has over 30 fights. So if I'm not mistaken, he has over 30 fights. So if that's the case, if that's the case, then why shouldn't he, if he gets, if he beats Crawford, he's going to get his title. So wouldn't the logic be he should be getting the title of a pound for pound? But he won't. He won't. And this is the fickleness in boxing. It's really odd. I look at this fight as a stepping stone for Crawford. I think this fight, even though Crawford has been, uh, you know, at, at 147 for a while, I think he had maybe four, four, uh, maybe three or four title defenses. I'm not sure, but I think about four. He's a solidified welterweight. But I think this is probably going to be his last fight with top rank. Because Crawford is 32, maybe 33. He's getting older. And he can't get the big names if he stays with top rank because of the political bullcrap about the other side of the street, which I think is, I think is really bullcrap. But I, if I had to predict something, I think that Crawford is really ready to move. And I think it's important that he does. He has so much talent and so much to offer, but boxing we know has a small window. And if he doesn't optimize that window of earning potential, it's going to be all for nothing. You can get all those titles. You can get all the accolades that come with it. But if you're not financially secure, when you walk away from the sport, then you've done it all for nothing. So, and the big money looming is Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, guys like that on the quote unquote PBC other side of the street, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter. I know they're cool, cool good friends. But those are the big fights that people want to see and they will pay for. Those are pay-per-view fights that can happen. It should be, it shouldn't be that he has to go fishing across the pond to get big fights when you have big names right on his side of the pond. Now, again, I defend Kell Brook because I think Kell Brook is a formidable opponent. He will, he's in great shape. He will come to fight. And to his defense, I have very, very reputable people, good, good sources in the UK that tell me that Brooke did not take that fight with Spence very serious. He didn't even try to make the weight the right way. He actually used the steam room to cut weight. He didn't run. He didn't take that fight seriously. Now, to his dismay, he should have because he got the crap beat out of him in that fight. But I don't know if the outcome would have been different had he taken it serious or had he trained for that fight. But I will say he did great with those circumstances. If he would have took it serious, it probably would have been um, much more competitive. And it was competitive. So I know that in boxing, 
different people motivate you. Different people get you up. And I think that he is going to get up for Terrell, for uh, Crawford. Crawford is going to motivate him to be the best version of himself. So for all the people out there that think that this is a pushover fight and that Crawford is just a dog, and he is, but he's just going to walk through Brooke like he's just a taffy or some kind of soft thing, please think again, because I can assure you that Brooke is going to come to fight. And I can assure you that he's going to win some rounds. Now, I don't think he's going to win. Um, I just don't think he's going to win, but I know he's going to make it competitive. I know he's going to make it a great fight. And I know as boxing fans, we are going to be treated to a great, great fight with two warriors who's going to lay it all on the line. And I believe that at the end of this, for Brooke, the only thing, if he should lose, or if he gets knocked out, the only thing I want to see for him and his farewell approach is a fight with Amir Khan. And I think Amir Khan owes him that. I think Amir Khan and, and Brooke owe the UK that. And I think that fight is something that really, really needs to happen. Win, lose, or draw, that fight needs to happen because that fight is one of those fights that the UK fans and boxing fans worldwide really, really would celebrate. So I'm going to close off with this. I'm going to say, as boxing fans, we're being treated to something special. We should not overlook this moment because you got to give credit to Kel Brook for always stepping up and taking a challenge, for always stepping up and giving his best. You got to give props to Kel Brook for making the tough fights, taking the tough fights. He's fighting guys that nobody wants to fight. Kel Brook fought Triple G. He fought Errol Spence. Guys don't want to fight those guys. Now he's fighting T-Bud, the number one pound for pound guy, arguably. So you got to give respect where respect is due. And I salute you, Kel Brook, win, lose, or draw. 